And we're back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 343 with Mr. Vaughn Coleman. Nice to meet you, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. You know, uh, the world is like some days either on fire or it's a paradise. And when you're pretty much involved in this kind of space when it comes to video games, movie, you know, TV, anime, whatever fandom people will want to attach themselves to for so long, you realize that these days are also the same too, you know, where mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all the on fire or it could be the best thing oh, ever man. And, it, and it changes multiple times a day dude um which is why you kind of just have to i guess be resilient you know and just keep going yeah so uh, let's just start here since this is your first time here uh how was your life growing up actually growing up um you know honestly i i it was pretty good man um i you know i uh, like, even though I lost my dad when I was a kid, otherwise I had a pretty good childhood. Um, I had, you know, I loved, I didn't start reading comics until later, but I love movies growing up. I love TV mm-hmm. shows. Uh, you know, I still remember first time seeing Star Wars. I remember seeing Revenge of the Sith in theaters. It's weird that that's where my mind went to, but you know, I, I always loved entertainment. Um, I love video games. I had PS2. Um, and, um, I just, I always wanted to create. I always loved film. I actually originally did film, but yeah, I mean, I, I had, I've had it pretty, a decent life. I've had good friends. Um, and uh, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I really can't complain too much, um, I suppose. I don't know. It's weird. Like my whole life as a whole, trying to encompass it. I guess it's, you know, it's pretty good, I guess. Because you said you liked all that stuff when you were growing up. So how was school? Because you know how school is such a crazy place if you like this. I mean, not how old you are. Because when I liked this stuff, uh, people would not only just bully you. You were oh, yeah. basically banished from groups for liking that stuff. Now, I remember, like, posting about this stuff on, like, my social media page. And people were like, hey, yo, man, that show was cool as fuck. I used to watch that back in the day. And I'm like, you did. You sure didn't actually ever talk about it, nor never felt like. It. <laughs> oh yeah, they suddenly, suddenly are interested, right? Yeah. I had people like in high school. Like I had someone in high school that I, I had never talked to once. Goes Vaughn, I, I, dude, I love comics. I'm like, what? There was another one? I didn't know that. You know, um, comics. I, look, it goes without saying. People, so people like video games, right? But like, not always the. Uh, same stuff like so i could play call of duty or overwatch with friends right but then it's like i start talking zelda and uh falls on a lot of death like the the nerdier it's i i almost found that there were like levels of nerdy that were like more acceptable than others um but yeah i mean i wouldn't say it certainly doesn't make you cool um but like my friend group i'm lucky i had a friend group that was into nerdy stuff now i'm probably the biggest nerd in that group actually not probably i definitely um (laughs) But, you know, I did have a friend group that was full of nerdy stuff. Um, and so that was good. I used to have movie nights at my house. Um, all kinds of stuff. It was great. Because now a lot of people know you're talking about Final Fantasy. That was never a series that I ever got into, really. I think I probably watched, like, one movie based around it, which came out, like, 2008. It was, like, with mm-hmm. Cloud and everything. That was I actually really, really fun. Good. That was a great you movie. Because so? I, I just watched yeah. it. I don't think it's a great movie at all. Really? I only watched it, like, once. I remember, like, really liking it. But then again, I, I was coming from a place of, like, you know, not really being a fan of the franchise in yeah. general. So 
my mind's probably skewed on that. Like, even when it came to like the Star Wars movies, a lot of people are like, you're probably gonna like the prequels. And I'm like, because I never watched them until 2021, because I told people I never watched these. It was never something that really interested me. Like, I, really? I never been that I was never that person where if I saw it growing up, that I was like, man, this is pretty cool. I'll be interested. I watched it. So I remember I watched all of them 2020. I was like, the original trilogy is really, really good. It's really well crafted, really well done. Prequels, that first movie is 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 something it's it's rough like there are some big problems with that one the second one is bad i don't know how people like that second one tiger the clones mm. bored the shit out of me when i watched it i was like oh my god this is awful revenge of the sith i think is actually the best one oh well of the three it's not even a question yeah it's not even a question i need to uh re-watch the prequels dude it's been way too i need to re-watch all of star wars but like mm -hmm. especially i mean yeah, but like I uh, I haven't rewatched a lot of them in very long prequels over ten years for sure. I think even some of the other ones possibly. I've, it's, time flies, man. There's so much stuff <laughs> to consume all the time. You know what's funny is I didn't grow up with Final mm -hmm. Fantasy as a franchise either, and now I'm writing mm -hmm. a whole. It wasn't until a few years ago I was in college, and for some reason I just decided I feel like playing Final Fantasy VII. I don't know why. Um, the and someone had told me to play the original first before remake because remake doesn't really make sense without mm -hmm. it. And uh, so I did, and I'm glad I did, and I'm going to recommend everyone else should. I know, I know it has the blocky graphics, and the new one looks <laughs> prettier, and it, the old one has turn-based combat, but in terms of storytelling, while there are some great moments in the new one, I actually think the original does a better job of conveying a story to newcomers. And I'm <laughs> surprised when you mention you like the Final Fantasy seven movie and i'm surprised how many people say that who don't know the game because i was watching it going mm -hmm. dude how the hell would anyone know what was going on because they drop all these characters that was a like, big problem yeah they have like this <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. cat on a with a scottish accent on a dog show up with no explanation and i'm like i'm like would anyone get this <laughs> the characters show up and they just kind of expect you to go oh yeah okay so, uh, like, I had read your uh, your Twitter bio because you had you had placed you know writer, filmmaker, all this stuff. So let's start from the writing portion. What do you have? You actually written like a novel or something? Actually, uh, no, I haven't. I mean, I should at some point. Uh, that hasn't something I've come to. But uh, I'm a comic book writer, screenwriter, uh, apparently okay. video essay writer, um, which counts. <laughs> I I just I just finished actually right before this. Mm -hmm. finishing touches and i'm like okay i'm not allowing myself to do it anymore 49 pages of a final fantasy 7 video essay so holy mother of god yeah you know, okay i will have to give you this i've thought about doing that i thought Just, about this for years and i finally yeah. committed and it's like the time when i'm deciding to commit is like so stupid it's like oh right before launch when the new game's coming out when i have right. all this stuff now is the time where i'm like yes but i also didn't think it would be a 49 page commitment <laughs> You kind of started writing, and then I was like, "How long is it going?" <laughs> and now I've decided it's enough. I keep coming up with, "Oh, I haven't talked about this." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. We're capping here. No more. You can make fifty other videos if you need to. This is it." My biggest problem when I always came to videos like that is like if I ever did them. And I have you ever had this when you made a video where like you're at work one day or whatever, and you had this thought in your head. I was like, "Wait a minute, I forgot to mention that important thing in that video." Yes. That was my biggest problem all the time. Like mm -hmm. it's gotten better throughout the years, but that's the worst feeling ever is when you do a good video, you know it's good, even if they might not get the views that you want. The main thing you want to bring up in the video is not in there, and you're like, well, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> or scripts too. I'm like, 
I'm like, what? I did. Oh, that would have been a good thing. And it's like, and that's the thing why it took so long. So this comic I've had going for a while. And there was a certain point where I had to say, I just have to pull the trigger because no matter what, my first comic is not going to be my best comic. And that doesn't mean I, I put so much into it, rewrote it so many, so many times. And it was necessary because it, it mm -hmm. needed that shit. But it's better for it, even though I did lose some scenes I like, which always happens. The end result is better. Um, but, you know, sometimes and there was something that someone said recently that I think is true. Perfect is the enemy of done. You know, you have to just mm -hmm. and I have to get better at just releasing stuff. You know, I, I find myself I'm like so eager to hold on to something. And I'm like, oh, maybe change that. You have to just go at a certain point. I was, you know, that's one of the things, even with comics, I'm realizing back in the day, as I'm taking so long with mine, I'm like, why is it taking so long? Well, probably <laughs> because I'm meticulously crafting every detail. These guys were on a monthly deadline, mm -hmm. you know, and they also had a whole production team. I, I am the production I was, team. I was also thinking that too. I was thinking back, like, how did I pop off on my other YouTube channel? They got heated because, you know, YouTube is liberals or retards. So mm -hmm. it, I was, th I was thinking to myself, how did I make this pop off the way it did? It's because I just, I had this mindset of like, I'm going to do it and that's it. Now, as you get older, you just overthink everything and it hinders you putting out something you know is good enough, but you, your brain keeps telling, no, I got to make sure it's this way before it comes out. So biggest bane of my existence in my life, man. <laughs> perfectionism, man. It, it, when it comes to being a creator, it, it is the, the whole perfectionism thing is absolutely, it's a killer sometimes. It's absolutely a killer sometimes, but uh, that's it. You gotta you gotta push through it. But sometimes it is necessary. Like I, some of the stuff I just wrote because I had already finished the script. I was like, oh, I want to add this, and I read it again, and I'm like, yeah, it does make it better. But now I'm like, that's enough, you know. So you do have to quell those things. Um, yeah, because you had mentioned on your uh, bio, you're also an actor. If you acted yeah. in like short films or anything. Mm -hmm. I used to act a lot in, uh, okay. especially in college. So I was, uh, I went to uh, Emerson College. I majored in filmmaking. And um, I was kind of like, especially among my friend group, like the go-to guy for when they needed someone to act. Hey, Vaughn, can you act in something this weekend? I'm like, fine. Well, I actually did like it. But there was like a mm -hmm. few weekends in a row where I remember I had multiple friends who had finals. And they were like, back to back to back. I needed to, them to act in everything. But I did act a lot. And it wasn't just there. It was also at uh, summer filmmaking programs. Even though I didn't major in acting, I did do a lot of acting. I always felt like I wanted to prioritize writing and directing. I took some acting classes, by the way. Mm -hmm. I've, I've definitely done, I've like trained as an actor a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I, I love acting, man. Uh, like even when I was in the, uh, writing this script, I gave myself a few lines uh, from the game, and I would like read them in character, and I'd be like, "That's that's fun." It, I do love acting. Mm -hmm. So the, the the same thing happened with um, when I was in high school. This is probably the only textbook I ever willingly read because I I enjoyed it. it I, I took a film class, and it I didn't actually know the this kind of layer when it came to filmmaking because I would usually always like watch filmmaking documentaries, usually on like YouTube or whatever. I don't like physical media growing up, so I you know you watch like a movie f for a lot of time you watch like the bonus features and like oh, yeah. the making of the movies. I always love that shit. Those, those are my favorite parts of owning a physical media was, you know, you watch the movie and then you kind of, you know, watch the extra behind the scenes specials, like how they made this scene work, how they directed, like how, who, like what was the actor's intentions behind? Maybe they did this scene that way. Mm. And I remember 
like our final project, I'll never forget it, where to actually, people, people don't understand, to actually write a scene out is actually, it's not like hard, but you wouldn't actually know the first steps to it unless someone actually explained it to you from like a uh, film way. So before, because before we could even do the, the final project, the, the teacher was like, hey, draw out or write your scenes. And I'm like, I was going, this happens, this happens, this happens. She was like, that's not how you do it. You have to carefully detail everything happening in your oh, scene. Man. I didn't know that. I thought, because a lot of people think, oh, you just do point A, point B, point C. But it's like, no, 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 no. You actually have to do point A, 1.0, 1.2, all that. Then you oh, need yeah. to be, yeah. And that, that can be very jarring for a lot of people. Because a lot of people try to get to like an end result of something. We're mm. not understanding there's got to be that in between there. It's like that famous scene that a lot of people bring up a lot a lot of their movie uh conversations of the whole like in a coffee shop talking about whatever when there's a bomb under the fucking table or something yeah, yeah. like that yeah i mean it's another thing too i mean bringing up that point to how meticulous it is it's why i think so many people and i've fallen victim to this like even with tweet like i, I tweet a lot and admittedly now it's for um a lot of it's for promotion but even still it can be a double-edged sword because twitter i think especially more than like any other thing mm -hmm. um give rewards instant gratification now the problem with that and the same thing can go this is a problem with live stream too because live stream you say something and you immediately get reactions in the chats and i love that but it's also you got to be careful yeah. because when you're writing a script you spend 10 hours or whatever material is still not ready to show people and you don't get that gratification you know mm -hmm. and so a lot of the time people could just they'll be like well i'd rather just get that instant what hmm. you know whatever and so i think that that instant feedback loop while it is good and has a lot hmm. of great things can be detrimental if you let it take over hmm. another thing too the behind the scenes thing is something you mentioned i was considering doing a behind the scenes book mm -hmm. for my first comic book um like i think i'll call it like building a phenomenon or making a phenomenon or something like that and it would just be like a maybe 40 page i don't know or something like a special a uh, book that comes with my comic book but the thing is people don't even know if they like my comic book yet how would they i don't know if they'd like care about the behind the scenes so maybe later on i'll release that because like that's the thing when it comes to like comic books is when it comes to comic books i um oh lord the big problem is getting someone interested in your new character Oh, that's, don't even get <laughs> I think yeah. that's the biggest challenge. That's that has to be the biggest challenge of anything when it comes to just creating anything new. Even even when you're a, like a new content creator, getting people interested in a new person is very hard, whether it be a comic book character, whether it be just person internet personality, whether it be a new book. It's just really hard. You know, there's always ways to make yourself more known, but with comic books, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure as you've seen on like other social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, it could be pretty divisive is an understatement. It's it's basically a rabbit hole oh, of just crazy people and their what they like in a book is so much different from you to the point where um, they'll consider your book like trash if it didn't have like a character with yellow hair or some shit like that. It's like, okay, man. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing too, man. Is um I mean also trying to sell another superhero. Do you know how many because I was like, oh, it's my own superhero universe. And one of the tough the tough thing actually wasn't that there isn't a market for this as well right. kind of but it was more so that it's such an oversaturated market i would have people that i'd explain my ideas to and they'd be like i've heard this a million times before 
And so I had mm. to find a way to repackage it. Because the truth is, and I listened to this book called The Creative Act by Rick Rubin. I highly recommend everyone mm. does it. Um, the truth is that if you have an idea, and even if it's an homage to something, it will inherently be an original because it is written by you, right? Because you might even be saying, I'm writing this in the style of this person. You'll never be able to make it. I don't know if I have a right. I have just the way I write. And maybe years down the line, people will say, well, this is a very Vaughn Coleman way of writing. And I'll be like, yeah, man, whatever. It's kind of like Martin Scorsese says he doesn't have a directing style. And I'm like, bullshit. But it's just because he just does what he thinks is good. And that's just his style. You know, you got to just create what is you. Mm -hmm. And that's your style. That's your story. What's up, Mr. Doug? How are you doing, sir? Prequels are bay, movie night. I never got into D&D like that. There's a, that, there a few people that, that try to get me to it. I was, okay, when it comes to like tabletop RPGs, I always just kind of, pref I don't know, would you consider board games tabletop RPGs? Probably, probably not. The only game, that was my like tabletops was just playing board games, actually. You know, mm -hmm. like Monopoly, Connect Four, Checkers, Chess, stuff like that. You know, I people have D&D. &D, I just... People that I knew were so fucking weird. I'm, I'm no offense, to anybody, but when those kind of those communities have literally just straight up weird people, and I just can't be around that for too long. Oh, that's what I'm just being like. Okay, I am done. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. I I don't know. I've never got into D and D. I do. Michael. Hi, Michael. Michael's How are you great. Doing? He's really good. Doug two hundred nine. Dan Genovese. Yeah, these were from my yeah. Uh, just because the option was open, so I just figured I'd go stream. I don't know if I was supposed hey, to. No, no problem, man. So. I know you have graphic novels over there. I know you have omnibuses right there. Oh, yeah. Which ones are those? So we got Daredevil. Frank Miller's Daredevil right here. That's she, Born Again, right? So it, Frank Miller's Daredevil includes Born Again. It also includes yes. the introduction of Elektra and the Elektra saga. Daredevil, okay. the man without fear. Uh, yeah. Elektra, assassin. Um, mm -hmm. Daredevil, love and war. Mm -hmm. All kinds of stories. Like the, the first Kingpin stuff mm -hmm. with Daredevil. It's his whole run. I actually made a video on my channel that's just the definitive order. I do plan. I keep putting it off, but I am planning on starting a show on my channel at some point where me and a couple friends are going to talk about comic books. Called it's going to be called Comic Strip Club, and we're going to go through Frank Miller's whole Daredevil run and go through a bunch of comics and just mm -hmm. gush about our love for the medium. That is absolutely mm -hmm. something I plan on doing. I've been putting it off forever, but in the meantime, I do have a video where I break down the uh, reading order of that. I have a ton of X Men stuff here. Mm -hmm. um all kinds of comics just all over it's a mess so we do that here uh we do comic book club it's usually on wednesday we're, we're, we're kind of picking out our next book to go over daredevil was a character i i only own a single book from him i think i i just own man without fear but those oh, daredevil omnibuses good. daredevil omnibuses those look so good I they're just, great on the shelf and they look great i i can't recommend these three enough do you like the mark wade run a lot of people have they have their opinions on the Mark Wade run. What is your opinion I, about it? I haven't read it. I can't give an opinion. Um, mm -hmm. I've only read Frank Miller's stuff, really, and a few stray issues of Anne Nascenti's run uh, that tied okay. in with X-Men. But I haven't given it a fair shake. Uh, I know I that one I hear is very – people either love it or hate it. I, mm -hmm. like, I always hear one extreme or the other. But I know that like Anne Nascenti's run, which is the one after Miller's, even uh, Denny O'Neill's run, I've read mm -hmm. some of – actually, I have read some of Denny O'Neill's run. Mm -hmm. which takes place in the middle of Frank Miller. He kind of, he went away from the book for a while and Denny O'Neill did some in between. So I read some of that in between. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he comes back with Born Again. Then it's Anna Senti. Um I know this, oh, I have Guardian Devil by Kevin Smith. I want to mm -hmm. read. 
um, I got so my local comic shop is Kevin Smith's shop. So oh, uh, that looks great. So it's signed by him. Um, yeah. So I I haven't read it yet, but uh, I fully intend to. Where do I, I'll put this uh, right here. But yeah, man, like I I need to get as, as people can see here. I, I moved this not too long ago last year. I'm trying to get like shelves over here. I have to move my bed over here. I'm trying to put like shelves back here so I can just have all the shelves and just all my omnibuses and everything. Cause I don't know. This is a really awesome thing to be able to have all your collection, like Marvel DC. I'm having for Marvel DC, like indie stuff and manga and all that stuff too. Guardian devil is really good Vaughn. All right. Yeah. I've heard it's one of the best. I keep, I also keep putting off putting more. I have tons of prints and I never put them up. I should do that, but I keep putting it off. Um, and so a lot of my wall is just empty. <laughs> Did you like uh, the uh, Daredevil Netflix TV show? Loved it. Loved it. Mm. And now Marvel is trying to do a, oh, a version of that, calling I it don't... Daredevil Born Again. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, and then every announcement they make sounds nothing like Daredevil Born Again. <laughs> Did like, you hear the recent announcement they had before they canned the person initial draft of it? They wanted to have him basically in costume in episode four. <laughs> Hmm. it's like what the fuck what is with these shows and like the characters don't appear in costume in the first episode which is like why you didn't well, even watch the show to begin on. with have you read daredevil born again no not yet no so that is here's the thing though i'm defending that wholeheartedly because daredevil born again he the whole thing is for the majority of the story he doesn't have his daredevil costume now in my opinion he should have it if they're adapting it faithfully he'd have it in episode one and then he'd mm -hmm. lose it for a bunch of episodes and then be born again and get it back, which is how it is in the comic. But uh, it is weird because they keep announcing all these like characters that show up. And I'm like, is this a Daredevil show or is this just <laughs> Daredevil to introduce? Because they have like Daredevil Born Again is a very, I would say, bare bones story in the sense that it's like Daredevil Kingpin. You could include other villains if you want and add to it. That's fine. But and season three was a soft adaptation of Daredevil mm. Born Again, but it wasn't full blown Born Again. So even though it would rehit some of the same beats, if you wanted to do it, that's fine. But mm. there's like, okay, um, they announced like Punisher and all these characters, and I'm like, and then apparently, didn't they say Karen Page and Foggy aren't going to be there? Yeah, I remember that. Karen yeah, Page is yeah. literally integral to Daredevil Born Again. Same with Fo Foggy's important too. Like you can't mm. have that story. I don't know, like, what are they, like, how is Punisher more integral to that story? If you, if you read it, it's like, no, Karen Page is like a central mm -hmm. piece of that story. So I don't know. So now that you're going to be doing your own stuff, which is interesting, is what have you learned about the indie comic space that you're not going to do, actually? <laughs> that I'm not going to do. Oh, man, there's a lot of things uh, that I'm not going to do. I mean... But your character has to have pronouns, right? It has to have pronouns. Has you have to be oh, black yeah. lesbian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. Um, that I'm not gonna. I mean, I guess I more think about what I want to do than what I don't want to do. But I guess what I don't want to do often comes, you know, intuitive to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I guess I really just focus on doing what I what I want to do. I'd say what I don't want it. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm trying to think of how to attack it. So what I what I don't want to do as an indie comics creator, right? Are we talking creatively or as a businessman or Could both? Be both. Or what I don't want to do. I mean, one of the things I, I don't want to do is I don't, and this is more work, but I mm -hmm. want to make sure that I'm expanding outreach 
that uh, I'm making comics that can appeal to. And when I say appeal to everyone, that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. I think everyone's going to read my comic, right? It, right? It's ridiculous. But, you know, I think one of the problems that people have, and I've fallen into it, is that the comic book space is very, like, insulated. And what I mean by that is it's we don't we aren't pulling people in at a high enough rate who aren't into comics. And so I think one thing I'd love to do is pull people from out. Now, obviously I'm not going to save the comic book industry. with My first <laughs> issue, um, you know, my thing is just to get it made right. I, we, we often overthink things and overstate our importance uh, as artists, but you know, I, I would say expanding, um, really focusing on the craft and like realizing, okay, what's a lot of the stuff I don't like when other people do. And it's, um, you know, nonstop, whether it be um, nonstop politics or drama or stuff like that. I think if uh, my goal is to entertain people at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean not ne- necessarily ha- not having convictions, but it means knowing, you know, what my goal is. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, really working on telling a story, maintaining a level of excitement too, not letting it become a chore that mm-hmm. I don't. Oh, I have to do this, making sure that it's something that I want that I'm keeping excited over, uh, mm-hmm. always working towards a goal, I'd say, like a, a, a tangible one. Um, yeah, um, and things I don't want to do. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to uh, have people feel that they're being pandered to, I guess. I don't want people to uh, feel that they're being preached at in my work. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird because I'm pro- approaching it from like reverse engineering from what I do want yeah. to what I don't want. Because that's what a lot of people have to understand sometimes when it comes to this stuff is when you put out something, it could either hit or not be a hit or just be like, okay, or whatever scale um, in their people's brains they use. I always just look at it from how about we start it, then we can kind of work on the issues later as of like the next time you do a campaign, the next yeah. time your book comes out, what can we do better moving forward? Because there's always going to be these big issues that you can't really tackle in your first time because, well, it's just your first time doing it because that's just how you, you got to go through that learning process when it comes to like, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, there's so much that goes into all this. There really is. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, so what, what would be like something that people should know before they get into it? Cause I, I know you're just getting into it now. So you would know a lot of these things now. So let's start. <laughs> so you said you write your own stuff. So you, you know, you have to hire a writer, but like just the art point. Of oh view. man. You have to hire an artist. And that takes not just a lot of money, but finding an artist where, where if you pay him, he, you have to make sure he's going to come back and finish his work. Cause I know a lot of indie people that I've had on in the past, when they try to get a campaign started, they paid all the money up front to the artist and he ended up not finishing the work. So yeah, being careful. This is one of the things and I'm like making sure people sign, getting contracts drawn up is going to be good. Uh, Making sure, and this is a thing, you don't have to be friends with your artists and certain buddies. I personally felt though, that it was an important thing for me to make sure that with my creative team, these are people that I can talk on the phone with. I don't have to all the time, but that I can, that, uh, if they're not willing to speak, you know, or what have you, it's tough. And when people are 
And I understand being a business, being a professional, but when you're not willing to engage in a conversation with me about the world I'm building and the craft I'm building, I and the intention or ask questions, that's the thing. Uh, being someone who's willing to be directable is very important when it mm. comes to funding ours. Someone who's willing to, uh, you know, curtail to your vision or uh, is willing to uh, do their thing. I think that an important thing, making a budget, um, realizing how much work and th there are things that I wish if I had known th that's one of the things too, is the passion kind of has to drive you and you mm -hmm. have to just, it has to just all the extra work you think you have to just keep going and not let it beat you. Um, is there still this thing in me, despite all the stuff, Oh, you'll never be able to make a career, you know, Oh, look at how much money you're going to have to make to break even blah, 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 blah. How much, how much time I have to spend promoting you know, you look at all of that and these are all valid reasons to quit. But if your desire is strong enough, you have to keep going. One thing is if you are uh, creating your own stuff, mm -hmm. you're going to have to self-promote. Now, you also have to keep, and this is my opinion, based right. on a lot of people, late books are a big problem in crowdfunding that a lot of people have, which is why I wanted to make sure my book is more than 50% finished. Now, I'm not rushing a book is a problem too. Like I had people tell me, don't rush, don't rush. And I was like, okay. And I decided the reason why I'm launching now, I was originally going to have it completely finished is the more I was thinking about it, the more I was like, well, logically, right. Going to have 30 days to work on it. How much work mm -hmm. could get done uh, to promote it. So during that time I could still be working on the book, which could eventually lead to a faster turnaround. Right. Um, so I figured, you know, I'd do that. Uh, could also lead to me, me building my platform, all that work while mm -hmm. it's funding could actually make it, go faster but i don't want my i my book should be if it's not out by the end of the year uh well i mean look mistakes happen in the first project but i, I would be very shocked if it's not i i have a, a plan for turnaround <laughs> time it should not take too long um 35 pages penciled and inked with more on the way it is going to be 64 story pages i have covers on the way um i'm like you know and that's another thing too getting on people with deadlines Making sure your artist is communicative. Um, and if not, you know, snapping um, your fingers a bit, uh, realizing how much of it, I would say like I put more work now into like promoting. Yeah. It's so much work, dude. There, like, I know people are, are always like this too, when they always ask, what's the biggest thing you have to worry about when you do this kind of thing is promoting. Because if you don't promote enough, well, no one's ever going to see anything you're doing, but if you promote too much, then people scroll past your, you know, posts quite consistently because not every post is something you want to generally give your attention to, unless you're like a huge YouTube, mm. a huge content creator in general. And then when you're talking about selling like a comic book or something like that, well, since the market is generally, you know, oversaturated with it now, there's a lot of people doing it now at this point. Well, how does yours stand out from something? You know, another oh, man. that's another thing too. You know, there's so many like obstacles to think about, but then some people just launch it and they just get people and it's that's just it. It's like, well, what the fuck is all this thinking for? But then you gotta realize all of that that happened came with a lot of hard work too. That's what a lot of people don't yeah. see is like when somebody gets it's funded and it's done, a lot of people go like, Well, you get all that money. You probably got no, you don't. Yeah, you don't. it's like half that shit is probably going to all three creators and make this happen. Like, what the hell? Oh, that's another thing too. Uh, when you're creating a comic, expect you're probably going to lose money, not make money, lose money. The thing is, mm -hmm. 
you got to understand you have to cover your creative team. Mm-hmm. You don't don't tell artists, oh, well, we'll just make a lot of money. I'm going to need your help promoting, though. No, don't do that. If you, they don't, if they're not going to get paid, most of them rightfully are mm-hmm. not going to want to, unless they're like a close friend of yours. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to want to. If you want professional quality art, know that. That uh, I would, there's a lot of stuff too. I mean, know that uh, you don't want to rely on other people to promote. Doesn't mean networking is also one of the most important things. Going to conventions is how I even started really streaming. Um, you know how I started meeting a lot of people. Uh, going to conventions is how I made most of my friends in the comic book industry, if not all of my closest, really. Well, some of them I met online and then at a convention, but others I met at a convention and then started hanging with them online, right? Making those in-person connections, one of the most important things you could do. Networking, yeah, Michael and I still need to meet. Um, apparently, we were both at Heroes Con and didn't know. But uh, you should have been out with us at Cigar Night, Michael. Cigar um, Night with the boys? Talking yeah. about women? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, it was Billy Tucci and Graham Nolan do whiskey and cigar nights. Uh, they're, so they're two of my like, closer friends in like terms of comics, which is really cool. The fact that I'm mm-hmm. friends with a co-creator of Bane, it's awesome. Yeah. You know? Graham Nolan. Billy, yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, this I've gotten like signed by like everyone that is involved mm-hmm. with she. And I can't wait to do the same with the next one. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's really cool hanging out with people in person it's what makes it it really does strengthen those connections and even just meeting people online um it's all great it's all really important stuff when it comes to building um so, also you know how like on social media things can be just super just 50 50 when it comes to like interaction when you're at a convention and even when i'm going out and trying to like talk to people like earlier today you know the person i had to inspect my house or something he saw this on my shelf because uh, I saw this on my desk. Cause I, I bought this at my local Walmart just like a few days ago. Oh, I still need to read that. My friend yeah. Rini and I are after I after I indoctrinate her into Frank Miller's Daredevil run, <laughs> drag her through that run. Then I, I I made a deal with her. I'm like, all right, after that, you get to indoctrinate me with Berserk, and then we'll go through that. And she's like, all are right. you are you pushing Daredevil propaganda on her? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm putting Western Western media in general. She needs to be. I'll listen. I'll listen her Eastern shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, <Got> yeah. <laughs> no, but Berserk I hear is amazing. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, you're fine, man. He saw that. And he was like, man, I love anime. And he started talking about a bunch of these comic runs. He was like, this is just a random inspector. It's like, like the interactions that you get in real life, guys, are so much different compared. Twitter literally is not real life. I, I promise you. When I went to my Barnes oh, and yeah. you know how much how crazy these loonies are here. Oh, Barnes yeah. and Noble, I saw this guy. Or just he he saw me looking at the comic stuff. A manga I was obviously buying, so I was there to buy my hair academia stuff. But oh yeah, he saw, he saw me pull a book and he was like, Hey man, what's your thoughts on the comic book industry? And I was like, Wait, what the fuck? Like those are questions you like talk about on these podcasts. So like I was like, Oh, I saw him, hey man, it's I think it's pretty bad for the moment, but I, I always have hope. Just a generic answer. And we started having just sh- started shooting the shit and mm-hmm. got in line. Another lady started talking about problems in the industry. It's like, you think everyone here is a fucking lunatic, but no, no people, yeah. you know, it's just interact. You got to get out there and interact with people, you know, don't yeah. sit in your house and just touch to go on touch grass. Please. It's important. It's important. You get a, yeah. a really messed up view of the world. If you do that, mm-hmm. you know, you start, you, you give into paranoia, you give into, Twitter, like you were saying, and I think Dave Chappelle said this too, Twitter is not a place, it's not real life, you know, 
And it's a, it's a double-edged sword because you also think, I have all these supporters. <laughs> what, because they like your tweets? <laughs> yeah, it's the problem. They, get, they think they would recognize, half of them wouldn't even recognize you if they saw you. In, you know what I mean? And that's, uh, like, oh, like I've had stuff where I've tagged people and I know they haven't liked or retweeted it. I'm not like, they don't like me. It's like, I know them in person. They like me. Occasionally I'll get those thoughts and I'm like, you just talked to them like a week ago. They like you. Well, because they didn't like your tweet. They're probably busy, you know? Like, so that's the thing too, is you have to understand that it's really not. And it's also most people, even people like you see online, you're like, this person's a lunatic. They say all these crazy opinions. Talk to them in person. Yeah. Talk to them in person. They're probably more re people. If they put a face to you, I'll give you an example. Billy Tucci, right? He's very open about, you know, his politics and whatever. Mm -hmm. he gets along with everyone even the biggest sjw's in the industry will be going up to him like billy how you doing you know why because he's personable he talks to people yeah he's going to have a conversation he doesn't back down on all of his beliefs he just doesn't you don't have to start fights too that's another thing is yeah and he knows them what what's well, a really interesting thing is even if i disagree with someone on something i'll i just want to have a conversation like we just go back and forth yeah. and just talk that's yeah a very key thing a lot of people lack now is like they're like you know what i have 20 likes on my posts why aren't they why aren't they you know funding my indie comic book on indiegogo it's like liking a tweet has no conversion rate in almost most mm. cases to financial support it's a big reason why marvel and dc and like all these other publishers are kind of losing their minds it's like we have all these followers on social media why aren't they buying our fucking books it's like that, that there is actually no correlation between that. You just made that up in your brain. You need to stop thinking then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's no, absolutely. I mean, people you see in the comic shop, those are buyers, right? Right. Yeah. People you, uh, uh people, you even, yeah. yeah, those people are, are buyers, right? People that, um, and you, you don't want to, you want to obviously get buyers, mm -hmm. but you also, I actually think though, and this is the thing with the indie comics space, a lot of people, I think, we got to be careful of another thing is just when you're just promoting to other creators, you have to understand too, that how, look at how many crowdfunded books there are. Okay. If someone is backing 10 other books that month, they might not get to you. Now who will get to you? Someone who doesn't have 10 other books to back. Someone who's like, this is the only one they know. So that's an, and again, I'm learning all of this. Now this could, I could be wrong about half of this stuff and fail miserably. That's the scary part. Is you know, I'd love to speak from a point of, yeah, I did it. Uh, another thing, failures, and this is something I learn all the time. Failures make you better, dude. I have made so many mistakes in this in this whole thing. I had to change the name of my comic. Um, you have to learn a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I have, I mean, so many things. You learn about storytelling, visual storytelling. You learn about errors in the media. Uh, you learn about, I remember I sent, actually, shout out the first interview I did with Justin Gray. He's a he's a great writer. He works with Jimmy Palmiotti a lot. She talked, I haven't talked to him in way too long. Um, he's an in-person connection that we then kept in touch with on social media. But, you know, one of the things he, I remember him giving me feedback uh, on a script and he was like, Vaughn, this is way too many panels on a page. I, he even just drew like a little thing with just balloons <laughs> and he was like he was like do you realize and it was just all like filled he was like this is would be your letterer would go into like cardiac arrest you <laughs> you know so you need to be willing to take oh no you network talk to other creatives if you oh 
get an editor. I'm not saying, although I am available, I am an editor. Uh, get an editor, <laughs> get someone who's going to rip you apart and mean it. Because if you just show it to family members, especially ones that don't read comics, of course it's the best comic they've ever read. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, like, although I will say my mom is like very brutal when I show her stuff. She'll be like, she's a grammar Nazi too. So she'll yeah. be like, that. I don't like that word phrase. You gotta change that. But generally speaking, you show stuff. Uh, if you show stuff to family members or friends, they're going to support you because they're family members and friends. You want to get other creators who will be brutal to you and get on phone <laughs> calls and all of that. Mm -hmm. So is the the way so how would you go about creating your actual character because i know you have a book coming up so what was the uh big inspiration for you even doing this actually so when i was in second grade you know it's it's really hard to come to what was the initial thought mm -hmm. especially when it was it's an idea that changed so many ways from so far removed but i do remember it was a little thing and it seems weird but um I remember the Justice League show, seeing the Flash, and for and I don't know why, but for some reason I was like, well, why does he have a lightning bolt symbol if he doesn't also have lightning powers, just speed? And I was like, well, I'll create a character who has super speed and lightning powers. And then I did in second grade, uh, who was Lightning Lab, which I thought was an original name. And I was heartbroken when I found out it wasn't at all. <laughs> I was like, no! I was like, what even is the Legion of Superheroes? Apparently they were a big deal. It's really weird, but they were like one of the bigger books that's now... No, like a nothing. It's really weird how things fluctuate like that. But um, yeah, uh, I you know I was in second grade and I would keep coming up with lists of superheroes and they were movies originally and the character looked like me because I was going to play the character and that just stuck. Um, the character was originally Josh Hanksley, aka Lightning Lad. Now he is Miles Hanksley, aka Galvanite. Um, the name of the series changed a few times. Went through multiple iterations. I'd shelve it. I'd come back. I'd shelve it, and, I, and just eventually. Then it was going to be an animated series until finally a comic book. Chris Claremont's X-Men run really is what made me. The idea farming of comic books is what I love. The uh, idea farm, like the fact that you could just idea, next one, next one. Because I had, I'm a visual storyteller. I love action and all of that. And what I found with film, dude, it's expensive. It's so much work. You need a whole team just to do a scene of two people talking in a house. Now in a comic book, it, I'm paying the artist. It doesn't matter. You know, it, it could be an explosion or a giant monster right. with mm -hmm. superpowers, or it could be two people talking. The page is going to cost the same amount. Um, and that was one thing that I like. Um, Michael, what's up, man? He says, you're smart just to get your project underway and correct things along the way as necessary. You have to get the ship out of the harbor before you can steer it. That's true. Thank uh, you, Michael. Yeah, I had to teach myself that because I kept I kept putting off giving it to my artist for months. I had my mm -hmm. artist finally planned, but I was like, I'm not ready to officially hire him. I'm not ready to officially start <laughs> because my script isn't ready. And I was like, no, then I need to get feedback from Mike Barron and all these people and every artist <laughs> I know. And I'm like, cause I liked my script at that point. Finally, yeah. I liked my script. And I was like, I remember I was like, no, cause I need feedback. I have all these professionals. I need them all to tell me I need to get it, their approval. And I go, no, you know what? No. Cause there's always going to be excuse not to put it out. I just need to do it. And then I'll correct it as it's going. No, I have a very solid skeleton. If it has a broken bone, I could fix it. That was it. 
get your feedback. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The customer feedback is going to be key. That's yes. another thing too. I'm fully aware of the fact that I don't have 506 signups, which is amazing, by the way, because I've proven myself as a writer. I objectively haven't. A lot of people say, Vaughn, I, there's a few people that have read my stuff and think I'm a good writer, but they were probably already going to back in anyway. Um, you know, I've done it because I've shown that I can be. Now, the problem, the, the fear almost is get it, and they're like, it sucks. But that's, that, the that, that's the thing, though. That's why I know it doesn't suck. Oh yeah, God, I mean nothing can, nothing of yours can suck more worse than what I read out of that Ghost Machine number one anthology comic. So was it bad? I, I, I haven't read it yet. I'm excited. No, no, no. the it? actual book. It's more like a Shonen Jump book. It's more like a previews book of like other stories to come and oh. one that already did exist. There was one in there that was so damn garbage. There's no way yours is as bad as that. No way. Absolutely not. Oh man, I was looking for. I met the whole Ghost Machine team and got it signed and everything. It's not good. No, one story and it's not good. Uh, I like the other ones. Other ones are fine. That's a one some thing I will are, say. Some of them are, I, I actually are going to get the singles, actually, when they uh, release. Oh, for, for sure. Like, I'm going to get Geiger, Junkyard. Uh, Geiger already has a trade paperback out, so I'm probably going to get them before the oh, other issue. I read issue all that in single issues. Yeah. Uh, Rook, that Rook story is pretty cool. I will say that is super cool. I feel like the book needed a lot more time with that one, actually, because that, that storyline, sign me I up bought, for that. I bought a... Dude, Jeff Johns was so nice. He scanned my QR code too. Uh, he's so nice. Jason Fabic is so mm. nice. Um, Brian Meltzer was really cool. Almost mm. all of them were really nice, dude. I wish them. I'm a huge Jeff Johns fan. I got him to sign my. Uh, I've actually always liked his stuff. I was kind of weird. Like on the internet, you meet all these divisive people. I was actually surprised people didn't like his stuff. I was like, he creates some pretty good stuff. I need to get that omnibus. I have it in yeah. my to do list to get. I have, yeah, this is, I love getting this, even though my back was actually hurting because I was carrying it in my backpack. Uh, let's see, I got <laughs> Peter Tomasi, Jeff Jones, Rodney Ramos, Ethan Van Skyver, Jerry Ordway, and Ivan Reese in here. Wish I could have gotten Darwin Cook, but obviously, he was apparently a great guy. I mean, um, but yeah, I know he did some good stuff. Who else? Like I, I do respect that Jeff Johns is doing his own thing because I, I know he tried to do his own thing before, but it didn't work out. And now he's officially committing to moving away from DC, doing his own thing at Image Comics with his own team of people that he knows. And I, I don't know if you've actually been hearing any of the podcast interviews he's did for like Ghost Machine. You could tell he's super dedicated to try to get this off the ground to make this work. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm super excited for it. Like, new characters to get excited for, new characters to talk about. Yeah. I'll get yeah. in there. Yeah, new ideas. I think um, that's something we need more new IPs. And I think one of the advantages is by, even though it's horrible as a fan, mm. yeah, so <laughs> many of my old IPs ruined. I'm hoping Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is great. But seeing so <laughs> many consistently ruined. Uh, the advantage now is that people like me are, st are starved for new stuff. Right. That fills that same void. And so I'm hoping to fill that void. People who love superhero stuff, like mainstream superhero. Because people are like, oh, you should make it darker. You should make it edgier. And I'm like, but that's not what I want to write. Also, yeah. my problem is that everyone who goes indie goes dark. And yeah. uh, I like dark stuff. I, like Daredevil. I like Punisher, you know? Mm. But that wasn't the core of this story. It doesn't mean I have ideas for darker stuff. But it was yeah. like feeling when something is missing. You got to fill that void yourself. Be the change you want to see. And that's one thing, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm trying to get. Because I, when I, and I've done this, when I go, oh, I got, this is popular right now. I should make a video on this. It's like, do I want to? 
do what you want to do. Because once you start, lose that passion, you're not going to make serious money in the arts. It's another reason why, like, I'll be honest, I could never do videos talking about how much I hate certain entertainment, even though like I could rant about, you know, political correctness, whatever. If I, every day I'd lose my shit. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd be like, I don't want to just see the bad. Like, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I want to talk about what I, I really, I don't even want to give it negative attention, you know? I, I just for me, I think it's always good to find a healthy balance of it. Usually, oh, absolutely, it needs I, to be I, talked about. I'm not denying that. Yeah, I think the big problem around, like, let's say, like this kind of space now, I see is there's too much focus on negative stuff. No one talking mm-hmm. about things they do like, and people have live streams, and I'm not saying no one talks about things that they, that they don't like, but there's not a focus on talking about things you like. It's we're like only going over the negative aspects of it, you know. But that's the thing, though, the negative aspects gets the most views that's usually the problem when it comes to that the most attention is brought to the negative stuff which is a crazy way of how this works now you know i'll give you a perfect example i did two shorts two shorts Mm -hmm. videos right um and i also upload them to tiktok i upload them to youtube one was a clip of of interviewing a famous punisher writer mark mike Barron, where he reveals that he was the one that came up with the fact that his real name is frank castiglione Right. That that was he was the one that came up with that really cool, really insightful, all about the craft, nothing to do with politics or drama. Mm -hmm. At least that clip. The next clip I released, the next short I released is me, just me sitting angry, yelling about the ruin, the Punisher, whatever. Now, one of them is, in my opinion, way more interesting than the other. Right. Right. Hearing Mike, a professional talk about it, got like barely any views. I can hear. Let me pull up the numbers. Like it was. I actually it was had so Mike jarring. Barron on the show. I've had, I, he is such a great guy to talk to. Awesome oh, I met show. Mike finally. I've had him on twice, but I finally met him. I was just messaging him earlier today. He was giving me some mm-hmm. feedback. He gave me his phone. He's a nice guy. Um, where is the? Sh- All right. So the shorts ready. So the video of me angry about the Punisher, one point four k views. Mike talking about it, fifty eight. <laughs> Mike Barron, like that's what, and I was like, I'm mad because I'm like the one I'm more proud of is <laughs> that's that's dude. Every time it's YouTube, anytime I have any success or I talk to the same people, similar people with the same line of uh, how it happens, the one that you put the most effort into never pops off. The one where it's you basically ranting or just going fucking nuts is the one that (laughs) always pops off. Always happens. It's so annoying, dude. Uh Instead of hearing what the guy that wrote the story said, you'd you'd rather hear the random white guy yell about the stories. (laughs) Exactly. They're ruining it. Like, okay, (laughs) like I'm not necessarily taking back that video. I'm glad it got views. I'm like, man, that's always how it is. And I know it's going to be like, I feel like one of some of my favorite, most popular stuff I ever make could be shit that I'm just like, yeah, I made that. But that's the thing, though. Sometimes you have to just make something in a fit of passion. Like, oh, I got to get this off my chest. Go. Yeah. Now, you should have a filter, in my opinion. It doesn't have to be super heavy. But I, I don't. I also don't think anyone has no filter. I think, you know, everyone has to have some. But the level of which depends. Because It's also if you build your whole thing based on no filter, I think that becomes a problem. Because eventually you'll start losing connections. Because people have to. It's like how we mentioned those in-person connections. You know, there are things you'll, you won't say because you're like, I don't want to make the situation awkward, but yeah, I would, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into just creating in general. And it's, uh, it's crazy how much you have, and it's overwhelming. That's another thing. And this is something I'm working on is trying to focus on one thing at a time. It's tough. Also juggling is tough. A lot of tough stuff. 
it ain't easy but yeah, yeah that's Easy, that's dude. something that I'm, I'm starting to think about too it's like I, I have all these news videos I, I want to do I'm passionate about doing but it's I feel like it's generally overwhelming sometimes and I realize to myself just one day get one done release one at a time just you know it's not <laughs> that thing too it's when it comes to like doing all this stuff whether you're doing content or doing what you're doing mixture of both it's not a sprint it's a marathon kind of thing the best mm, way of saying it, oh it's know? that is perfectly yeah. said yeah you gotta get, sometimes you, you need to catch one thing done at a time yeah, it's true. Yeah, because if you get one thing done at a time, then it's not so overwhelming because I usually write things down in a list. So when I feel like, wait a minute, I've actually did like two of these. Now my list is shorter. Just uh, for me, the best thing I always do is I write things down and I put like priority. What do I, what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. What I have, like what, because when I, because when I talk about like the news and stuff like that, I just like, okay, this stuff that I got to go over today. This is like fun content I can do later. You know, like my friend Rogue Hero told me that a long time ago. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Because when you keep it all in your head, you're like, it's overwhelming. My head's frying. Oh, it's my God. <laughs> you have that thing where you go to bed. You're like, oh, I'm relaxed. And then you go to bed and you're like, oh, then should I have to do? I'm, yeah. Like, I had that time. last night. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to relax. And then I was, it was like, here's all the shit you have to do. There's <laughs> all the stuff you have to do. There's a devil and little angel. It's like, stay asleep. No. Work. It's like, can you do anything about it now as I'm going to bed? No, but I just want to let you know. No, I just want to let you know when you wake <laughs> up tomorrow, you're screwed. It's like, thanks, brain. Thank you, man. Oh, really man. helpful. Really helpful. Because so, you said you're friends with uh, Rini Draws, who oh, does yeah. She's very close friend of mine. Yeah. Okay. So, I, you know, I've She's actually wanted... hosting my launch, by the way. My launch party is going to be. March no 29th. Really? Yeah, 7 okay, that's, yeah. That's awesome. She's doing I, a cover for me too. Yeah. I'll just say, man, if you could ever put in a, a good word for her to have her on the show, I've always wanted to have her on for a one-on-one. -on -one. But that's, yeah. you know, I if you ever that, could. Yeah. Um, because she's very famous for doing Fiendish, actually. And she's gonna be on Fiendish 2.5 coming up very soon. Or the, no, mm -hmm. that's done. Technically. No, done. but there's She'll there's an Indiegogo campaign that's briefly up. Right, right. So if there's anything uh, you could say about Rini that people don't know about her that you think, pe that think mm. people should know, that's like a good thing. What would that be? A good thing? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Well, she's uh, a girl because, you know, girl. you can't praise girls, you know, these days. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah. You can't be supportive of uh, women. Yeah, no. Um, women. Women. <laughs> respecting women. Respecting women. Oh, no. That, respecting women memes that was one of my favorite videos he ever did respect me i love do you remember the memes real quick sorry i know it's a tangent uh, before i get to actually respecting women i'm going to talk about respecting women did you ever see the memes where it was like me respect women and it would be like it'd be like like one of them was like a scene from like predator where it's like arnold then it's like the gun and shooting the guy and it's like me respect women it's like shooting them with respect <laughs> or the, the guy drinking water it's like me respect <laughs> i like the one where it's like the guy you know the girl's looking at him and he's turning over looking at the better more attractive girl and it's like only it's like respecting women the guy turns only fans <laughs> it's dude i fucking love me i'm oh, looking at shit. memes enough lately dude uh most of the ones i watch are uh I mean, I just, I, there's some meme accounts I follow on Instagram that are just like unhinged. <laughs> I should stop following the ones that have dark humor where I'm not supposed to laugh. I have ones about black people. They're just too funny. One is, we went over one on Twitter. It was called Black People Posting Their L's. And I don't think I've laughed that hard at them before. Oh my, oh, funny. that, dude, some of those accounts, Fats Posting L's is, is, <laughs> 
Fats oh, posting all this hilarious. Even the profile picture is funny. Oh um, god. Oh, Michael's oh, he's on Twitch's side. What's up, Michael? How you doing, man? Uh, he said this dude seems like a good fit for the Iron Man podcast. I like his humor. Well, it's you. hard. Vaughn Vaughn is very hard guy to nail down. This guy's always. Oh, I didn't busy. mean to. I'm not too busy this time. I, I'll I'll come. I'll make more time. I'm getting better. No, you're fine, man. It's uh, we. I don't. I, I didn't know black people had a smoke detector meme about them, but what? the smoke detector going off because apparently black people don't change out the batteries in their smoke detectors. Uh, well, so someone had I, this poster of um the black the, the guy that did like the Get Out movie, and it's just <laughs> the the title of the poster is just beep. <laughs> what? I've never I've never heard. I I never. We don't change it until it goes off. I'm like, oh, here we go. I don't change it till then, man. That's oh, god. oh my god, dude. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'd love to come back anytime, man. This has been so fun. Um, it's just been beep. It's just... <laughs> Jordan Peele just beep. That's shit. And then there's this, you know, you have these like memes of like the the the, the cartoon Karens. The it's a white lady with blue hair that says, "I have a dad and a mom and kids." The black woman says, "I don't know my kid's father." Oh my god! Dude. <laughs> oh, you can laugh on my behalf. That's nuts. Oh god! Don't watch the Asian ones. I, those, those oh, I've ones seen those. Ones. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen those. Twitch. Ones. Oh god! Twitch is so racist. I, I, the, Twitch just so when an Asian person is giving an interview, they just call them rap gods. They say these people rap better than Lil Pump, and I'm like, oh shit! Holy what? fuck! God. I haven't but seen yeah, that. Like, like so. It's really interesting because Rini stuff pops off hard. People want it so much. It's like that, that like even though she's, you know, gets a lot of traction with, with her stuff, that's at least something that I want. It's like people know your name, they like your stuff, and they're like so happy, excited you're dropping anything new. That's like the level of excitement I want for a project, you know? I don't yeah. have to have like thousands of people loving it. Just if there's a select few, I'm good. Yeah, I like that. it. And they like her work too. That's a thing too. Mm -hmm. um, um, like people like Phoenix is genuine, especially the second one. It's fantastic, mm -hmm. right? Like it's mm -hmm. a great book, and I've read two point five. It's that's that one's gonna be good too, mm -hmm. you know. And I think uh, one of the things is you, you gotta deliver that product and keep the the thing is and what's contagious about her. I'd say one of the things her enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. She is one of the hardest working people I know. Like on a per like yeah. on a personal level, she makes she'll make time to talk to you. She's one of those people that she says yes to a lot of people. Um, She's one of the, so like things about her you don't know. She's one of the um, best, most loyal friends you will ever have if you get close with her. Um, she is like a workaholic. Uh, she's always working on something. Even when I was hanging out with her um, in person, like if she's if there's a dry moment, she's like, "So take her thing out." And while talking to you, she'll just keep drawing. Um, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Always working on something. Mm. So. At this point, does she feel overwhelmed by any campaign she's ever had? Because you know her, because like you can tell her stuff pops up very hard, and a lot of and like a lot of her stuff now is just in pre-orders because she got fulfilled the campaign. How does she fulfill all of her stuff? Like that's that's a lot of orders she probably gets, honestly. Uh, Critical Blast does her right uh, fulfillment after the first because she told me after the first one. I remember she's like, "I'm not doing that fulfillment <laughs> by myself ever again." She's like, "That was horrible." Uh, so she's so ever since then because I've heard so blast. many good guy, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I haven't talked to him, I've talked to him in DMs, so I haven't like talked talk, but uh, mm -hmm. 
uh, yeah, we talk. He seems like a very nice guy. That's um, the that's the best thing is if you don't want to do something, someone else will do. It. That's the best part about anything like business wise. I don't want to do it. You know what? You can do it. That's one of the things. If I I love to get big enough where I can have other people doing things and I could really focus my energy when you become your whole production team. Yeah. And Cause I always was like, why doesn't everyone self-publish? Why would anyone work for a corporation? You keep all <laughs> the money you get to advertise the book. And I'd also be like, why do these books take so long to come out? And now I know. <laughs> Dude, I swear I was such a stupid kid back in the day. I thought you just write the book, go to the printer, get it done. That's it. It's yeah. it. No, you forget people, about I... all the steps. <laughs> I now, forgot the, the problem steps. Is, you have to find that balance between being dumb and just going yeah. and not thinking about yeah. everything and letting it because I let I once I started thinking about all the things I had to do, it crippled me for like months mm -hmm. of I can't release it. Like Michael was saying earlier, like, oh, you're smart to get it out. I wasn't smart to get it out first for a long time. I was you now some of that was good, but some of that was like I'd be paranoid and be like, Oh, I gotta make sure I get every detail because if this goes wrong, and sometimes it's like, dude, just create it. Like just, just create it. What's that Shia Buff meme? Just do it. I, I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna send that to people now. People are like, I don't know if I, just fucking get it done. Stop bitching. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> Look that one. Uh, that Friday movie, the second second one. Just stop being a bitch. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. But I wanted to show people off your sign up list right now, which is. Feminova. Phenomenova. Right? So it's Phenomenova. like phenomenon. And no, that's actually the most controversial thing I ever did was name my comic Phenomenova. Uh, it looks pretty it, solid for this is going to be probably cover A for. Yeah, uh, cover A. Uh, this is the main cover. Um, okay. Looks pretty I know cool. Rini's going to do a cover. It hasn't come out yet. Um, don't pay her. We don't pay women here. That's just a. Don't, don't, <laughs> I've already that. done that. Yeah, oh, she's no. going to make me a lot of money by <laughs> launching my campaign. So. Uh, huh. Tell her you're, 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 you're going to take the American tax since, you know, it's a foreign affair, actually. Well, she's American, so I'll be like, yeah, you're a, Ch you're a Taiwanese spy. I've told her. I've told her I think she's a fed. And she's going to be talking about. Does she secretly like, run TikTok or something and she's Taiwanese? Wait, that's a different country. Oh, my God. They're all the same to me. My brain now. Holy God. Is, um, so, Reb, so Phenomenova is my love letter to the superhero genre. It's set 20 years after World War III and follows this teenage boy who is the son of a World War III yes. veteran who was struck by lightning while holding this mysterious crystal, and he finds himself with lightning powers and super speed. So uh, he ends up deciding he wants to make this makeshift costume because I just I decided that he hasn't earned his true costume yet. Originally, he wasn't even going to have a superhero name in issue one. I changed that. So he's Galvanite. Um, fun fact, he was Lord Lightning at one point, and then Rini and I said that on Rini's stream, and they all laughed at me, so I had to change it. Um, but so, so I can take criticism. Uh, but so uh, he becomes Galvanite, makes a makeshift costume, he strikes out to become a superhero, but finds himself in way over his head when he tries to intervene at a heist in a nuclear reactor facing a supervillain that he's just totally outclassed by so it's going to be a 64 page uh first issue i wanted it to be a a big it was like three issues then i just combined them because i was like i want to get to this story point um so that way you you get a full story in issue one and then if you want to keep going keep going there will be room for more phenomenova is the name of a superhero team that you don't see in the first issue because i decided what's the point of having all these characters crammed in if you don't care about them i wanted to tell his origin story before we move into the next so you could see there that's a hint so in world war three you had 
a bunch of superheroes. Those are some of them called the Crusader Corps. Mm -hmm. And as I was coming up with the backstory, I was like, this would be a good story on its own. So I will make a prequel series at one point called Crusader Corps that will be set during World War III and follow the superheroes that fought through the war. But for now, they're like people he's inspired by. You may even see some of them in the present uh, or in the future, possibly down the line. As to where all of them are placed in the world, I won't spoil, but just know some of that may be uh, so This is basically play. all from the first, this is like what, about two pages worth? That No, that's more than that. That's So that's those are both double-page spreads, so that's four gotcha. pages. Okay. Page, uh, so oh, I love this one right here. I that like one's right one of my favorites, man. That one came yeah, out. Yeah, I like this one a lot, too. Like, it looks like Hawkman, actually. Yeah, you know, and originally that guy was going to be, like, more of a Superman-like character. And I was like, well, how oh, you got a black guy. Are... Okay. There's, yeah. There's always that one black guy. He, I knew it. I knew it. He was going to put him in there. He had to have a gun. Oh, my God. Well, he had a gun because his – I'll tell you. You know what? I'll say it on air. So he's – psychic is his power yeah. and i thought he needed something physical and so it's going to be like like and you'll see this in uh combat in world war three but like he'll be able to sense people that are here like he could all be like oh there are enemies around here because i could sense them and so it makes him an extra good soldier it makes him able to communicate and uh yeah 64 pages and you, when you sign up, by the way, you will get an exclusive free. Uh, I don't know if the link is in your chat. Um, you can also go to rebeloasisstudios.com. Um, mm. And if you put the also, uh, if you sign up, you will get an exclusive free trading card. And once campaign launches, it'll be available for a limited time. And then you won't be able to get it. So if you have any interest in getting this book at all, save up, sign up for Phenomenova. And then with any physical order, you will get an exclusive free trading card if you back within the time frame. So, and you'll also get updated on uh, everything that goes on. Follow all the socials, Rebel Oasis Studios. Um, and uh, yeah. So what I also like that you did that I think a lot of other people don't do is having your own website. Like, I, I feel like that's super valuable in, mm -hmm. in being truly, you know, independent. Because like a lot of people are super dependent on crowdfunding websites, which is not bad, but it's like, after that's over, a lot of people are going to be like, well, where do I get the book if I didn't get didn't it? Didn't get it, yeah. Right. And so I don't have a website yet, but I'm going to have one. So that is a MailChimp thing. I have the – I purchased the domain, but I plan on making a full pretty website eventually where the books and eventually merch. I was considering having merch on my campaign, and then that was another thing where I'm like, let's get the let's get fans who demand merch first before I get merch because, you know, what's – oh, here's hats of this thing you never heard of. Okay. Yeah, like that was my biggest like pet peeve with like campaigns is I, I, I tell people I said I don't like your stuff. I don't care about that stuff. I care about your book. I care about reading your book, getting it in my hands, and then reviewing it. Obviously, if I like it or hate it, you'll hear you heard that in the review. But I want just the book itself. I don't give a shit about I I want t-shirts. I go to the thrift store right there, buy a fucking cum stain t-shirt if I want to. Fuck that. Uh, and I'm not, and I don't do that. That's yeah. I was gonna say yeah. That might be a little different, but I get, I get the overall idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I mean, I'll put it as yeah. an option later, but I do plan on doing a website. I think like mm -hmm. again, again, like Rini has Fiendish, Graham Nolan has Compass Comics. Having a right. central website where you could just say, just check this out, and then that could even have links to your crowdfund and everything. Like fun my comic. I know Luke Stone does this thing where it embeds in your website, which is great. I could now just yes. go when I wanted to check mm -hmm. Fiendish two point five. I could just go on the website. And check it that her website. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go fun my comics, scroll, look for it. He, yeah. Like that's a great and I am launching on fun my comic, by the way. Um, that's a thing, that's a factor, it's an important one that uh 
And again, if I don't have, that was one of the things I wanted to get a website before I launched the comic. And then I had people like Niall Scala of Pop XP was like, no, just get the comic out first and then get the website. And hell, I could even have the website built while the comic is being built. Making the comic first is good and then directing them to the website. But the website will be called Rebel Oasis Studio. So if one day you're typing that in and the website looks completely different, that'll be why. Because you, you, oh, one of your uh, variant covers was done by Sukesha Ray, actually. Yeah, Sukesha Ray, yeah. Yeah, I seen her on your thing. I was going to have her on too. She got sick that week, actually. I got to hit her oh, up. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's a lot of fun. She's a lot she of fun. She did a great cover. That is a great cover, actually. Yeah, it turned out great. It, it's one of those things, and this is one of the things I'm learning, is sometimes you want to be super anal with your artist, and sometimes you got to just let them do their thing. Like this was one I basically hired her. I was like, do whatever. And she initially pitched me a different idea. And she goes, Hey, I know I told you this, but honestly, I was just drawing you like this. And I was like, yeah, I love that. Totally different. Or even she was like, Hey, I know he has a helmet or whatever, but it's like the hood. And I'm like, you know what? No, let the hair flow. It looks nice. <laughs> you know? So already it's not even a consistent look with this makeshift costume. I don't care. That's another thing too. In this script, I specifically wrote the costume looks lame and ridiculous and then leave it to my artist to make it cool. And then my trading card artist, Juju, uh, actually, she, because I had that this, the makeshift costume was black because mm -hmm. uh, it was just supposed to be whatever. And then, she, uh, but I didn't, the concept art wasn't color. So I send it to her and she goes, what color should it be? And I'm about to say it. And I go, you know what? Before I give you an answer, what colors are you envisioning? What do you think it should be? She tells me and I'm like, all right, give me like flats of both and then we'll decide. She gives me like flats of a few different options. And what she had was so much cooler than what I had. Even my artist designed mm. it. it. Was like, yeah, go with hers. And I was like, yeah, we're gonna do with that. Mm. And then she was like, she'd be like, hey, what do you think about the character having different color shoelaces? Like, she'd come up with all these things. Hiring creatives is big too. That's there are some artists, and this is one mm. thing when it comes to hiring. You want someone with enthusiasm. You want to, and you also want to make sure that you you don't kill that because I've been sometimes I've been like to my artist, I'm like, am I killing your enthusiasm by correcting you? I don't want like you want to make sure that you're consistent to your vision, but you also if you have someone that's doing it just because it's a job, that's fine. But it's also know that their problem it's might reflect in the work because they might just do it. Like I like when artists, the my artists will add something that like for example, there's a fight scene in the school and they have he just added like a cheering crowd and people with phones. And I was like, oh, I'll do that. And I'll be like, wait, maybe I'll reference that someone recorded this later. And I actually doctored my script around because I was like, that gives me a little something. So sometimes you got to just pick up the ball and just carry it on. Have you ever felt like outside of doing that with the creatives, like you've been a little too, you know, aggressively anal on certain things? Like you mentioned earlier, do you feel like sometimes you've been a little too laxed actually too? I feel like I've done all of it wrong and all of it. And eventually, <laughs> and eventually that's the thing I, I, I have to keep telling myself and maybe it's just a little bit of cope, but I also do think it's true that it's like all of it will make me better. It will. Um, so have, if you ask me if I haven't made a mistake, I probably, it's probably cause I haven't made it yet. Uh, but you know, um, have I been too lax? Yeah. Have I been too anal? Also? Absolutely. Like the reason the comic has taken so long to come out is because I've, I've, it's I've asked so many revisions and a lot of them are necessary, but sometimes they're not. And I just ask to, and like, even earlier, I, I mentioned, mentioned like a possible vision of my colorist. And I was like, you know what, actually, if you don't think that's necessary, I think it looks amazing. Everyone I've shown you thinks it looks amazing. If that's not necessary, you don't have to do it. He goes, no, I'm doing it anyway. I actually do think it's good. 
but sometimes you want to do that. I ask, I always ask my artists what they think as well. Now, ultimately what I say goes, but sometimes it's nice, but yeah, having someone who has, who wants to, I'm not saying, you know, obviously it's a job, right? And you, you don't want to have just drag someone over the mud, especially if you're not paying them that well, but you want to make sure the passion is, is there, you know? Mm. Oh, the last thing I'll say is uh, I'm pretty sure you haven't revealed who the villain of the book is. Because I used to before, yeah. superheroes and fun. The villain has not been revealed yet. But the uh, villain I can say his name. Uh, I'm planning on releasing some. Initially, it wasn't going to be revealed at all. And then people requested it. I'll have, you know, my plan currently is that I'll have a print that comes with people who back it that has the villain. Like a mini print. Uh, the villain's name actually came up with him in second grade, too is dark cloud so he clashes he wears all black which is why it's actually good that he ended up with a light makeshift costume he wears all black where he's yellow lightning he's uh got this high-tech suit that's kind of like a mix between like um like dark knight returns batman mixed with mr freeze mixed with um darth vader you know he's got this black cape and this smoke and this cloud gun you'll see him in full but he is a villain that you're not gonna see too much you'll see a little bit plenty more revealed about him down the line but uh he is there there is a threat and he is way out of our main heroes league and i my favorite i've written the first eight issues it was 11 then i condensed the first three into one and the last two into one so it's now eight issues my favorite issue that i've written is the one where i go into his backstory i think it's the best some of the best writing i've ever done in my life so i'm really excited to reveal more about this villain but i also know not to play your full hand. Right. That's the thing. Uh, saying in poker, never show your hand too early. I think it's the saying. I'm pretty sure I nailed it. But yeah, last, few things I'll, last few things I'll ask you before we head out, which is uh, outside of the comic book, any other big plans for your that you have for 2024, YouTube-wise? Yeah, actually, tonight, tune in. If you guys have seen The Room, I'm going to be interviewing one of the actors from The Room tonight. Uh, mm. I have a lot of interviews planned. Um I, I do have a short film that's coming out. I have a lot of YouTube com content I want to make. I'd love to do some short films. We'll see about that. Follow me on the socials. I'll update you on my life. But YouTube videos, I really want to do a lot more YouTube videos, video essays, just things that I'm passionate about. I'm going to mm -hmm. probably be playing the new Final Fantasy VII on stream. So if that sounds interesting to you, definitely check that out. Um, yeah, I got a lot of stuff planned for the channel, a lot of stuff planned in general. Uh, the comic obviously is like my biggest thing, but YouTube is going to be a big thing for me too. And uh, I'm going to use it to explore a lot of avenues. Uh, I haven't filmed stuff. I definitely intend to get back into. We'll see. But uh, for now, YouTube is going to be my main hub for my content. So check that out and sign up for my comic. Yeah. The very last thing I'll ask you is any shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular and anything else you want to say before we head out. Um. Yeah, I mean, again, because uh, Rini is going to be hosting my channel, uh, uh, mm. my my um, sorry, my stream. Even though I will send the link through the mailing list, which you should join, yes, check out her channel, uh, subscribe. You'll be notified when that goes live. Tune in for the launch party. Back in when it launches, I'm really excited for that. Um, Pop XP is a channel I work with. Um, it's Niall Scala and Billy Tucci's channel. Um, mm -hmm. 
they have all kinds of creators. People, if you want just drama-free entertainment and just just discussing comics and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that is the perfect spot to go to. Pop XP is great. They have all kinds of good stuff coming down the pipeline. Always promoting creators, whether known or unknown. Mm-hmm. Definitely subscribe to their channel too. They're great. Yeah, because I think another problem that arises when it comes to the space is the promotion aspect like you mentioned earlier it's just it's really hard it's just a bit it's like creating content's already a freaking beast then you have two more beasts you have marketing you have promotion then you have mm-hmm. consistency so many freaking dragons to slay maybe i'll just become a black knight specifically a black knight not a white knight because it can't be those actually mm. <laughs> but yeah uh thank you man for coming on for your very first time as er- as everybody knows uh, your comic book is dropping very soon. Rini Draws will be hosting your opening campaign, actually, which yeah. is interesting because mm-hmm. she should make no money from it. All the, and even all the ad revenues is going to go to you. <laughs> <laughs> that would piss her off, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I heard. Make women mad that, that they want to just beat you up. Actually, you know, uh, My, yeah, I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, thank you for coming for your first time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. As everyone knows, Thanks I for having me. have been uh, announcing a few things before, but you know, for my days off, I've been just so tired. Oh my God, I had so much stuff to do today. So plenty of videos coming out. I just have to get them done for you guys. And when you will see them, you'll be seeing a lot of interesting content. The first one, as everyone notices at the end of these shows, is these episodes are going to be out there on the podcasting platform. So if you could not have watched this show live, you can watch and listen to the show when you're at the gym, commuting back and forth from work, when you're banging your wife. I don't know, but you can watch it whenever you want to. And we'll see you guys later. Have a great day, everybody. Good night. Thank you.